back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590. The Woo. Fan, Bon Jovi, celebrating with the boys. Yeah. Big win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Up 3-1 in their first round series. Headed home. Tampa Bay reeling. Toronto thriving? Big time. That is the case. Woo. To talk about that more, we have our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. That insider is Josh Cloak, Maple Leafs writer at The Athletic. Good morning, Josh. Morning, folks. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing pretty good. A uh, bit of a challenging morning, I think, for us, trying to make sense of what we <laughs> saw last night, though. Uh, how did you? How did last night happen in your eyes? <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of difficult to, to, to figure out, you know, a few hours later. I mean, I can tell you... Um, Unequivocally, there were a lot of people in the press box last night who were making dinner reservations for Friday in Tampa, uh, and, and with good reason, right? Because, you know, for about, I don't know, 45 minutes of that 60-minute, you know, those those first 60 minutes, the Leafs were, were outplayed, right? And, and I think, you know, if you can take... If you can take solace in anything, it's the fact that a few, not all, but a few of their best players really, really showed up when they needed to. Like, I think Austin Matthews just turned the tide, you know, of, of honestly, the, the, the series, right? And I think everybody was just kind of waiting for Matthews to have that kind of game that we all know he's capable of, where he can just, you know, turn things on a dime. And he did with, like, you know, two... I mean, it was kind of like a shot and a half, right, with that one tip in. Mm. Um, and, and so I think that built a lot of momentum. But yeah, I, I think there is, and this is kind of a bigger picture look at it, but I do think, and, and, and we're always looking for, for, for reasons or sparks, but I, I do think there's kind of an internal sense of belief in this group that maybe wasn't there in the past. And you can look, you know, in, in my eyes, you can – you can kind of point at, at Ryan O'Reilly as a big kind of reason for that. Um, it, it was something I, I, I thought about this morning. You know, I had a conversation with Zach Aston Reese, um, you know, when, the other day, I'm not sure when, but when we were here. And I was just kind of asking him about O'Reilly. And he said that, you know, Ryan O'Reilly has been very, very vocal about his kind of run in 2019 to the Cup final. And the thing that, that he kept stressing you know, from that run in 2019 is that you're never out of it, right? That St. Louis Blues team that he was on was was out of a playoff spot. Nobody gave them any chance of going on a run. And then they did, and they won. And I think that's something that has really resonated with a lot of his teammates, especially a, a lot of his greener Leafs teammates, is that you are never truly out of the fight. I think we've seen a lot of that in games three and four, right? Yeah, we definitely have. I mean, it's one thing to be like the quality of leader Ryan O'Reilly is, but to be like immediately prophetic and like actually like look into the future and see, hey, this is the real world example of what I'm talking about. I mean, that seems like really, really powerful stuff. Um, I'll, let's go back to the core four for a second. Um, how would you... I, uh, let's let's go to one half of the core four, Matthews and Marner. Like Matthews, turn around last night's game. Mitch Marner yep. leading the team or leading the postseason rather than scoring. And yet it seems like we're wanting more. How would you like describe or evaluate how they have played through four games and what they could do to be even more impactful? 
Yeah, I think if if I had to find a word, and you know, it's it's a word, you know, probably the only word I can find after three and a half hours of sleep. But they've been fine if we're evaluating them as a whole, right? Some really really good performances. You know, Marner's been consistent. Matthews has been good. There were times last night when William Nylander looked like a game breaker, and there were times, you know, particularly when he took a penalty that resulted in a lightning goal where he looked nowhere near the player that, you know, we know he's capable of. And I I think John Tavares as well has not played to the level that I think, you know, a, he, he wants to be at and B we know he's, he's capable of. And going into this series, that was a big part of the narrative is is when is this core four going to put it all together? Core five, we should even say like, I think we need to include Morgan Riley in this group, um, who's been excellent this postseason, right? I, I think we were all waiting for that moment when they were all going to put it together at the same time. And, you know, game two was a blowout win, but, um, you know, there were questions about whether or not they could all do it at the same time. And in those big moments, I don't know if we've seen every single player do it yet. It's just been such a funky series, right? Game one, blowout loss. Game two, blowout win and I don't know how much you can really take from those and games three and four you know the Leafs just kind of hung around and won games that you know maybe they shouldn't have I I, I guess just pushing it forward game five is a real opportunity Mm -hmm. for you know every player that court show up in you know what you would imagine is more of a back and forth game Um, but yeah so fine I guess Uh, but I think it isn't it fair to 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 want a little more, Justin, considering like, you know, how long these guys have been doing this, you know, the size of their paychecks, all that, right? Well, one hundred percent. I mean, if the fifth, if the fifty minutes that we saw to start the game was sixty, let's just say sprinkling another like shifts that look exactly the same. I mean, we're talking about serious consequences. We are ripping these guys. I mean, John Tavares was a ghost from that game. William Nylander was a problem for 50 minutes. Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin, frankly, aren't doing enough. And then all of a sudden, Mitch Mar- or Austin Matthews is Austin Matthews. Mitch Martin's taking the postseason yep. lead. I mean, John Tavares didn't really put any, didn't really put a stamp on the game in any way. But William Nylander has two primary assists, draws the penalty in overtime. It's like in 10 minutes, they can completely flip the switch and flip the narrative. But... If this wasn't as fortunate as it has been, I mean, this is just another appearance for those four. And frankly, all the other appearances before this have not been good enough. And the optimists take to that is that they did realize when they needed to, okay, now it's time to wake up. Mm-hmm. And again, that is, that is a completely optimist take. Um, and, and at least you get that. At least you get this team and, and the, the players that really, really matter on this team kind of realizing if we don't do this now, you know, we're going back to Toronto with a split and, you know, Tampa has all the momentum. Um, look, I, I, I think, again, we have to push it forward. They, they need to do it all in game five. That's something that, because this Leafs team is never really out of the water, right? It's something that a lot of people were talking about, you know, after game four. You, you really can't lose in game five. Because when you come back to Tampa for six, and we've seen how good Tampa is at home for most of the time, and then you could be back, you know, in, in game seven, which is the last place the Leafs want to be. So I, I think the fact that the, that Leafs core that we're talking about did figure it out when they needed to and did start playing their style of hockey, you know, at the most. Ooh, 
the first one seemed like it was a little danger area. That oh. seems... Oh, do we have you back, Josh? Josh, you there? Yep. Okay. Oh, I'm here. Just, uh, yeah, you can finish your point there. Uh, we, Sorry. I don't know. We lost you about five seconds ago. Uh, but if you just want to repeat that. Like I said, well, if you're Sheldon Keefe, you're, you're finding lots of reasons to, to, to improve. But I think the fact that they did wake up when they needed to is is a little bit of sign for optimism heading into game five. Um, okay, so optimism, let's stick with that because that's my role on the show sometimes. Um, the 3-1 lead coming into game one, uh, game five here at home, which you said the opportunity is, is massive and it could be a big statement game. But to get here at this point with, as you said, the core four and most of them being fine, that's a, that's a pretty big testament to some of the, uh, the performers that maybe we didn't put much uh, emphasis on pre-series when we did our keys to the series and everybody wrote about it. I mean, Morgan Riley is a big one that has had this massive postseason arc that I don't think many people expected. You know, he had a, a pretty uh, below standard regular season and he has come in and erased that um, so far with four games. Uh, Matthew Nyes, who I know you've spent a lot of time knowing Matthew Nyes, has come in and really impressed. Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly had his expectations, and he has met those. Even Kerfoot getting the overtime winner last night. So the, the depth or the players that weren't supposed to be superstars have really elevated their game. And I think Morgan Riley's the, the point to start with that. It's just like what you've seen in terms of him just capturing the moment and being a leader in terms of his play and, and obviously a leader in terms of his veteran presence as well. Well, I mean, he's the longest-serving Leaf, and, mm-hmm. and it's worth remembering here. Like, when you talk to Morgan Riley about his time with, with the Leafs, he'll often bring up, you know, 2014-15 and 2015-16, were, which were just ugly, ugly seasons for the Leafs. And, and this is a guy, you know, Morgan Riley, that, you know, he grew up in, in beautiful West Van, but, but he's now become Toronto through and through, right? And, and I understand that, you know, his eight-year extension – drew a lot of heat from from a portion of Leafs fans because he he doesn't always play like a number one defenseman. But this guy is the heartbeat of this team. Like, he is the emotional heartbeat of this team. He doesn't wear, you know, the C, but you could make a Mm -hmm. a good case that 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 kind of – that understanding that he has of what a series win and a deep playoff run would mean to Toronto, like, that that, that's everything. And I think, you know, another player that we haven't mentioned yet – like Ilya Samsonov is winning the goalie battle right now. And and I don't think anybody, or I think very few people would have predicted that would be the case. Like, you know, Andre Vasilevsky looks beatable. He's allowed 19 goals in four games. That's not what I think, again, anybody would have seen coming. And obviously, you know, Samsonov allows four goals last night, but he looks a lot more composed. He looks more kind of athletic and, and kind of flexible than he did in game three where he looked like he labored a bit. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to talk to the media for the rest of the series. We know why, but and maybe that's working for him. But, and again, Alex Kerfoot, like I really enjoyed writing, you know, about Alex Kerfoot, OT hero, because like he's a player that takes a lot of heat from Leafs fans, but he's absolutely beloved by teammates. He's, he's part of the leadership group. You know, he's this kind of brainy, thoughtful guy that, that I think is a, was a real juxtaposition to Nazem Kadri when he was, I guess, ostensibly traded for Kadri, you know, in 2019. But he's really kind of carved out a, a role for, for himself as, as a real likable player on the team. And, you know, the joy that I think Leafs players felt for Kerfoot last night was evident. And you, you need these these feel-good stories. You need players contributing at different moments. And that's why, you know, if you're Sheldon Keefe, 
You used the word, you know, different a few times last night mm-hmm. to describe the feeling around this team. Um, and we'll see, you know, the, the Leafs have been up 3-1 before. Um, but I, I think right now in this moment, it's fair to feel like things are, are indeed a little bit different with this Leafs team. I think different is a great way to put it because there's these, as you mentioned, feel-good stories, but those are also guys to rally behind, right? Morgan Riley having this this start to his postseason. The guys in the locker Black room. Black guys. Yeah, like the guys in the locker room feel that and they want to support him. You said Alex Kerfoot, same thing. You know, he's a guy that we've talked about in, you know, maybe not the most positive light so far this season and he's got a moment to rally behind. And I wonder where you put Matthew Nyes in that because he's come in with um, various expectations. He's a He's 20 years old. He came straight from college. He clearly loves playing in that Tampa barn. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, he's done it right there. Um, he's 6-0 and with his Maple Leafs career at this point, and he's looked like he fits in real nice on this lineup. And I know Ryan O'Reilly has certainly helped bolster that, but just I know you're the, you're the authority on him. You know him very well. Uh, has he been even more than you had expected as well? For sure. I mean, I, I remember when he was signed, I was like, I don't know how Matthew Nice gets into a playoff game. Right. And then after three games, I'm like, uh, he's not going to get in game one, but I, maybe he'll get, you know, one game here and there. And now you're looking, you're casting ahead to game five. And you're like, well, Michael Bunting will probably be back, but you can't take Matthew Nye. And And I say that because like he's kept his head above water. Um, and that's a really difficult thing to do in a series where, look, so many jobs are on the line. But you watch him the way he plays. You know, he plays true to his style of game. He plays physical, right? His his plays with the puck in the neutral zone, you know, he makes these little plays to kind of evade pressure. Um, and there's been a gaffe, you know, here and there from him, but you could say that for a lot of Leafs. Um, it's really, really impressive. I've talked to Matthew a lot this series, and, you know, he's described it as overwhelming at times, and how could it not be? But for a player, you know, for a 20-year-old to kind of feel like everything is overwhelming – but then to be able to flip the switch, you know, once the puck drops, um, that's, that's really impressive. Um, and, like, let's not forget, he was on the ice for the winning goal last night. He's been on the ice mm-hmm. for some key goals so far. Um, composure in the playoffs matters. And I don't think anybody really saw Matthew Nice, you know, displaying the composure that he has throughout this playoff series. And that's why taking him out of the lineup is probably, a, a, a you know, a non-starter right now, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. yeah, definitely. I mean, he's grown exponentially within the series and within his role. I mean, you mentioned late game. He was on the ice instead of John Tavares when they tied the game six on five. And now it looks like the guy who needed like Ryan O'Reilly to be a safety blanket is helping be a safety blanket for John Tavares. I don't know if these lines are going to stay together, but Matthew Nyes and Michael Bunting were flanking John Tavares because John Tavares was frankly not able to be an impact player with William Nylander and Alex Kerfoot until that point. And now it seems like he might be part of the solution to an existing problem as we spin it forward and look to game five. Uh, we, we can include the bunting discussion or the bunting piece in this, but what do you expect from the lineups? Do you think Sheldon Keefe will keep his top nine as is? Do you think bunting comes in and takes a top nine role? Does bunting come in on a fourth line? What do you expect Sheldon Keefe to do now that he's got home ice again and he's got a little formula that at least worked in the back half of last night's game? Yeah, tough one. I mean, where I'm at with with Michael Bunting is by keeping him out of the lineup, you just invite a lot more questions and, and headaches than you probably want, right? Because if Michael Bunting stays out of the lineup, like let's not forget, 
he's a two-time 23-goal scorer. And, you know, you, you brought up Tavares a lot. In his two seasons in Toronto, he's outscored Tavares at five-on-five. Five. Like, I don't know how you can leave a player like that out of the lineup. If the, if, if the trust in the player isn't there, then, then maybe he's not in. But, I, you know, Keith has backed him publicly at least, um, you know, since the suspension. And I, I guess I can just tell you what I've seen is that, you know, being around this team these last few days, this matters a lot to Michael Bunting. He's been, you know, the, the, the press box in Tampa is such that, like, players are seated near reporters in a way they, they aren't always. And, like, Michael Bunting hasn't been, you know, sitting down for most of games. He's been pacing back and forth. He's been hugging, you know, other teammates he's been you know pointing out things on the ice with with some other teammates like this matters a lot to him um and again if the trust is there i think you have to get him in that said personally i think you know if if keith does go back to matthews and marner i think Callie yarncrock has looked really good on that line the production maybe hasn't come but um he's he's again he's looked really strong there so i don't know if you just kind of give him that top line role with that he can bring and look he's gonna probably get under the lightning skin and maybe draw a penalty here and there and and that matters to to get back on the power play so top nine probably um i i would think he gets back in but i don't know if that top line left wing spot is is a guarantee for him right Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a guarantee. I don't know. We're leaning towards not being in, but again, uh, you know, the press can change. We don't have the press box view. That press box in Tampa. That's why you're an insider. Lends itself to content, (laughs) does it not? Whether it's Kyle Dubas or Michael Bunting. Uh, Very, very interesting stuff and a big decision ahead here for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Three and a half hours, you said. I think four and a half hours for Ailish and I. I hope we were coherent, but we really, (laughs) really appreciate you coming on this morning, Josh. Uh, We always do. uh, And we look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, anytime. Enjoy the game, guys. That's Josh Cloak, Maple Leafs writer at The Athletic, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. More great press box clips of Dubis and Spezza last night. Yes. A little bit less of the beaking from Dubis to the fans, but there's a table slam from Spezza, and he gets up. like He looks like he's going to jump through a brick wall. There's like a punch from Kyle right yeah. to the chest of Spezza. When when they scored the game-tying goal, Dubas reaches over and grabs Spezza, and then they try to contain it. Like they're kind of like, okay, okay, it's chill. That, I just love I want a split screen. I want whatever Sportsnet programmers are listening. Can we find a channel? Make another one. I know we have Sportsnet <laughs> East, West, North, South. Can we have Sportsnet? North <laughs> Like Sportsnet North Pole, where we get half the press box and half the game. I mm. think it's possible. Split screen, free idea. Sportsnet programmers are listening. I'll subscribe. I'll pay more. I want to see press box split screen with the game. Could you imagine what that feels like? Like you've you've had a like <laughs> decent like gambling victory. Uh, you oh. know, we do the wake and rake every day. It's fun to hit. Uh, a winning bet. It's fun to have your team win, score a big goal, celebrate last night. But I don't think anything in the world could compare to the emotion that Kyle Dubas would feel winning last night's game. Honestly, like, I don't think you could, I don't think uh, 1% of people, not even 1% of 1% could like actually experience what that Hmm. feels like with all the pressure and everything that has gone into it. It must have been an amazing feeling. I cannot imagine. Punch Jason Spezza worthy feeling. (laughs) 100%. I can't imagine, and I felt this last night, because I saw, like, I live on 
adjacent to King Street. And that's a busy street. And people were out honking their horns at, what time the game end? Like 10.45? People were out honking. Maybe a little later. And it's a yeah, Monday night. Okay? It's a Monday night. And the least tie, uh, go ahead 3-1 in the series. And people are out on the streets honking and hitting the bars. I thought, oh, my God. If they win on Thursday. And Thursdays are the new Fridays in the city of Toronto. People, are, people go out on Thursdays. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. If they clinch the end of the first series and they're headed to series number two and they're going to the second round and they do this on home ice, it's actually going to be frightening and electric at the same time. And I thought, well, if that's what we're already seeing, this energy right now with Leafs Nation and they're up 3-1, and can you imagine they get to see the round two? And then what happens after that? Like, it's actually like it's we're in un, unknown territory. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, but it's also like when the Raptors won – the actual banner, the championship, I didn't even know how to act. But I feel like I'm already in that, in that boat with the Leafs. What success for this hockey team would do to this city is the most enticing thing of it all. I just Like, want there it. are people that, Give like, live taste. and die with results. You're more of a fan than I am. You don't live and die with results the way some people do. But what it will do to the city will be unlike anything we've ever seen before. And we've seen a championship in this city. We got lots of texts in about people's viewing experiences last night because the game was 4-1. <laughs> it was 4-1. Famous quotes. Uh, we've got Aaron from Sobble, Sable, Sobble Beach? Sobble. Sobble. Um, as a non-Leafs fan, I went to bed after the second, figuring I'd wake up to a 6-1 Tampa win. I know how afraid Leaf fans are of 4-1 games, but you guys, are you more worried about a 3-1 series lead? There's a little worry there, I'll tell you that, Aaron. But I just feel like... It, it's different. There will never not be a voice in the back of the head until they are silenced for good. Right? And this is the opportunity. The palm of your hands. Um, here's David from Hamilton. It's fun listening to younger fans. This doesn't feel different. Ask any fan born in the 1970s. Nah, it isn't different yet. Get to the conference finals. Does being up 3-1 to the Habs not ring a bell? David. Like, I, I see that, but, like, hasn't the most torturous part of this team's history been the last five years? Hasn't it? In my, like, in like my I, um, I understand the age, Harold Ballard yes. era. I understand that. Like, that was, mm-hmm. yeah. But this is something that's supposed to happen that gets ripped out of your hands <laughs> over and over and over again in the most dramatic and ridiculous means possible. I don't, I don't know if the uh, you kids thing really applies here. All right. We've got uh, another another day or two between... Now, I wish it was Wednesday. It's Thursday, another day of come back down to earth, reevaluate, think about these lines, think about the Michael Bunting situation, move forward, look at how they can grasp and clinch on home ice in game five. I've always said Leafs in five. I was early on that. It could be, it could come to fruition. You did say that. Nonetheless, uh, we go from one big day in the city to another. Tonight, the beginning of the most competitive journey in sports. It's Looney Dog season. We march towards breaking history, breaking records, creating a new narrative for Blue Jays fans. And to kick all of that off, throwing out the first pitch at the Rogers Center to celebrate Looney Dogs, Joey Chestnut will join us after the break. The number one ranked competitive eater in the world. A 15-time hot dog eating champion with 55 world records under his belt. Joey Chestnut joins us next on the Fan Morning Show. 
breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> We're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The real Toronto Blue Jays season begins tonight. Looney Dogs, 11 games, 11 opportunities to make history as we march towards breaking records of last year. I laid out the lines early on in the season. I gave you the over-unders, but none of that matters because everything's thrown out the window now because Joey Chestnut will be in the building. Joey Jaws Chestnut, number one ranked competitive eater in the world, a 15-time Nathan's famous hot dog eating champion. We watch that every year. Owns 55 world records. Throwing out the ceremonial first pitch tonight at the Rogers Center. I'll be in attendance. Cannot wait for the opportunity to meet the man, the myth, the legend, Joey Chestnut. Thanks for joining the Fan Morning Show. Welcome to our fine, fine city. This is now the highlight of my professional radio broadcasting career to have you on our show. Good morning. Oh, good morning. So happy to be so happy to be in Toronto. <laughs> uh, we have a billion questions and not enough time. How, what is your life? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do every day? How do you get into this job? Um, I need it all from from birth to now. Oh my God, I, I, I do have the best job ever. I uh, I get to eat and compete and travel and beat people. It, it, it's just the best. It's so sweet. Uh, but I, yeah, it wasn't my goal growing up. I, I was doing everything right, getting my engineering degree in college. Wow. And uh, and on, and my little brother knew I was the biggest eater in the family, so he signed me up to a contest when I was twenty one. And I, uh, I I started doing these contests. They, I was like, oh my god, they're, they're paying me to eat, and I uh, I fell in love with it. And I started doing these contests on the weekend, and it just it got it got bigger and bigger. And eventually, I, I after college, I I was working in, in construction management, and I uh, eventually gave up my job, and that now I and I just travel around the world and eat. So you you hear it here first, kids on their way to school, uh, never give up on your dreams, even if they weren't your dreams. You owe it all to your your brother for putting you in your first competition, and you never looked back. Now you fit a lot of consumption in your life, and tonight's a big opportunity. Um, how do you prepare? Because we have a million people texting in with questions about how to prepare yourself for uh, the endeavors that you go through in terms of putting your body through the ringer. You're like a professional hockey player in the Stanley Cup final, playing with a broken leg, finding a way through it. You put your body through it. How do you prepare for such an event? Oh, you, you prep. Uh, runners have to run to, to practice. Uh, you, you have to find a way to put in put in the uh, put in the pitches, I guess. Or uh, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I do practice contests beforehand, and the day day of actually to like almost two days before any kind of big eating, I, I do a cleanse. I make sure I go in absolutely empty. I, I go in loose. I, I uh, go on a liquid diet for about a day and a half. Uh, no solid food, and I uh, I, I I make it so that uh, yeah, my body my body goes into this this mode where where I'm, I'm empty and loose, and I'm I'm ready to take in a, a ridiculous amount of food. So uh, you hold world <laughs> records across, you know, multiple competitions, eating, you eat more than just hot dogs, of course, but you have made your name at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. And my co-host here is wearing a hot dog shoot. She makes part of her brand on hot dogs <laughs> as well. So do you have advice for someone who partially, you know, has their brand uh, loosely associated with hot dogs and eating hot dogs? Oh, it, it's... Uh... 
it, it's you know, if you already love hot dogs, it's easy to eat more of them. All right, and uh, you you eat them the way you want to, the way you're comfortable, and uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna be able to eat way more of them. If you uh, if you, if you try to eat hot dogs, uh, it put weird toppings on that you're not familiar with, it, it, it's it'll slow you down. So eat hot dogs the way you like, uh, and uh, it, 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 it's it's a lot of competitive eating is building intolerance. So if you love hot dogs, your body will naturally it, it knows it knows what it feels like to eat them and digest them. Uh, it's kind of like if you have a certain favorite beer or alcohol, your body knows what it feels like. It it, it digests it so much easier. So uh, if you love hot dogs, eat eat the hot dogs you love, and uh, your body will be happy. What's what's the worst part of the hot dog eating contest? Like I myself cannot get past the wet oh buns. God, the wet yeah. buns is like uh, I, I just can't. I can't do it. I cannot even. I can't frankly even look at the wet buns. So what what is the worst part of actually absolutely. competing in that the, the wet buns? Yeah, without a doubt, the wet buns are the worst part. I, uh, I when I when I remember when I first started doing it, I was like, I'm no, there's no way I'm gonna dunk the buns in water. And then uh, then I started doing these practices, and I was like, oh my god, the bun just doesn't want to swallow quickly. And then I, I tried to get into a rhythm of drinking water, and uh, and then I was like, oh my god, wetting the bun is faster. And uh, so, I, so I just had to retrain my body. It's no longer a bun. It, it's a sip of water that looks like a bun. Oh my god! And, uh, <laughs> it, it, it took forever. And I, I there were just tricks. I, I used warm water. I put a little bit of salt in the water to try to make it. It, it just changed the flavor a little bit. Uh, yeah. So that that wet bun is is, is uh it's hard. It, it, it's about when when it, when you start dunking the bun, it, you know you're a serious competitor. <laughs> Do you ever just eat a regular hot dog? Like you're out for a stroll and you're like, oh, I'll just get a dog. Like just casually eat one hot dog, or is you just you leave this to the prep and the competition? No, no, I still love to eat. I love a, I love a good hot dog nice. tonight. That I'll probably have nine hot dogs, nine beers, and during the nine innings. Okay, so tonight this is a huge opportunity. As Justin mentioned, I'm currently wearing an actual hot dog costume as I speak to you on the air. Tonight will be a big monumental night in Blue Jays history when you throw out the opening pitch for Looney Dogs. We have opened the Schneider's Porch where I hope you'll be there for a meet and greet and people can meet you and, you know, challenge you to hot dog eating competition. But tonight, you know, nine nine dogs, nine beers is quite respectable. Um, I got to set my own over under. But when you go to an event like this, you will consume a bit. Like you'll, you'll, you'll tiptoe into the Joey Chestnut world or you'll be a little bit more of a fan. No, I, I love to eat, so uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get a. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely gonna eat. There's, there's gonna be a meet and greet starting at five thirty, and I'll, I'll be out there at the, at the port. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna be eating hot dogs. I, I still love to eat hot dogs, and uh, and they, sometimes I lose count. They go down like. Sometimes they go down like magic, and uh, I'm just, I just have a good time. <laughs> Uh, we are talking to Joey Chestnut, the number one ranked competitive eater in the world and 15-time Nathan's famous hot dog eating champion. Uh, I got to ask you about like being a goat, uh, mm. being the greatest of all time, the pressures, what it's like having a target on your back. I mean, we're watching LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Like LeBron <laughs> has to not only worry about playing basketball and being, what, 38 and playing at a high level, but having these young guys try to take shots at him and get in his head at, mm. at all times. And I mean, you've been around for a while. You've been having to deal with this. You had up-and-comers try to challenge you and you thwart their attack <laughs> time and time again. Um, what is it like being the goat? What is it like being the guy that everyone has their eye on and wants to beat themselves? 
Oh my god, it, it's, it's like a crazy dream. I, I can't believe uh, I've been able to hold it down for so long, and I just uh, I'm just having I'm still having fun. I, I'm I'm fully expecting one day there's going to be some crazy, crazy stud to come just dominate, and it could be it could be it could be even a young woman because it, it, uh, dude, it, it's going to happen eventually. I'm, I'm just enjoying it while it's I can. Me. It's me, Joey. Uh, <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's uh, it's it's unbelievable that I've been able to figure it out and uh, and you know I, I put I put it in work I, I I do love uh I I do love so many aspects of it so I, I put it put the work in but eventually uh but we'll see I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it though so tonight's all about the dogs but uh, as Justin alluded to you you hold re- world records for many other eating competitions what's your second favorite I'm assuming the dogs and the whole you know shebang around Nathan's famous hot dog eating competition and, and everything that comes with that is number one but what's up there for number two? Oh, up there for two well every year in Buffalo there's the Buffalo Wing Fest and it's not Ooh, too far yeah. from here and and actually last year I lost it by like two wings and so I, it it, it there's nothing like losing uh, to to make you hungry, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that contest this year in, in September, and uh, yeah, that that one, that, dang it, I love chicken wings. Buffalo wings are it, 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 they're when they're good, it, it's it, you eat them and you, then during the contest you eat as much as you can, and then you you feel like you're not even full, so you can you can start partying and eat keep eating right afterwards. All right, natural follow up is uh, you're eating buffalo chicken wings in Buffalo. Are you? You a Bills guy? You a big football guy? What's your sport? Oh my god! I I, I try to go to a Bills game every year for like the last seven years. Uh, Bills, it, 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 it's it's kind of like it, it's a great city. They they have uh, <laughs> Joey. They party, I love you. <laughs> they have good bar food and, and good fans. Yeah, they're very happy people. Uh, so you say you go around the world uh, in these eating competitions. Like uh, like is there is there a thing where you're you know, home field territory is not yours. Like you're going into Ooh. an eating competition where you're not maybe familiar with the food. Has anything tripped you up on an international level where it's just not been your wheelhouse? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember I was doing, uh, what was I doing? Kimchi when I was in Korea and I ended up losing to a local because they, mm. they ate the kimchi. The kimchi is like fermented tough, like, yeah. cabbage and, and there are like other things in there, and it's like really fermented. It's like I, I was practicing, I was buying kimchi from Costco, which is really, really mild. And then the, I got to Korea, and it was like ripe. I, I, I thought, uh, I, I, it was like burning. Yeah, it was rough. But uh, it, it, I, uh, I, I, I usually put some serious research into it. If, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna travel or, or go to an event, I, uh, I practice. And I, I try to make sure that uh, I know what I'm getting into. But every once in a while, I get surprised. I got two more for you, Joey, because I know you got to go get prepped up and, uh, you know, get that water liquid diet going. Um, one food that you will not eat, you will just not even, you don't want to look at it. You don't want to smell it. It's not for you. Uh, as long as it's a food, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Uh, wow. And I, there's, one, there, there's one food that I haven't, like, I've been kind of scared of is, is raw oysters. And, uh, oh, I'll go toe to toe with you in an oyster eating competition. Oh my god! It, 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 I I can eat some of them. I have, I've so, over the years I've built a tolerance, but I don't know if I have the tolerance for a full on contest because there's so much the, the texture and the salt. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm a little bit scared. But I, I think I can beat most people. But it, it's just that I've never been sick during a contest, and I think that one might be the only one that uh might might make me uh lose, toss my cookies. All right, so uh, Toronto has a, a now world famous poutine dog that they've uh, you know created at the Rogers Center. It's part of the buzz. We did a huge renovation this off season, and the ballpark looks dynamite. I hope you get a chance to walk around. Uh, poutine dog, 
You're going to be indulging in one of those tonight, or are you going to keep it simple, just straight bun dog? <laughs> Absolutely, I'm eating some protein dogs. Nice. I've seen, I've, seen pictures, I've been looking at all the pictures of all the dogs that, that, that are served there. There's like a foot-long <laughs> hot dog. It looks pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to town on the hot dog, every hot dog you guys serve. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks beautiful. I can't wait to get in there. Okay, so we do a gambling uh, segment right now before we get off the phone. We're going to set the line for your over-under dogs. You said nine, so I'm going to push it to nine and a half dogs tonight. It seems like an easy over. Oh, yeah. I think I should be able to get the over, and I, I, there's, always, there's always room for more. So, uh, Can yeah, you set I take a line for me? You don't know me. You've only heard my voice. You know that I'm kind of crazy because you know I'm wearing, wearing a hot dog, dog costume. But I'm a younger are woman you go, that Are you going to go dog for dog with me? Joey, I, I, oh, I'll go I, dog I, for I dog think, with I you think, as long as I can. I think you, could do, I think you can go for the nine, nine and nine. Uh, so let's put your let's put your over. At, All right, Joey. Let's put it at eight and a half. I'm so handshaking you through the through the phone right now. We'll do it. I'll meet up with you at the Schneider's porch. We're gonna go dog for dog. I might regret it tomorrow morning because I got to get up at four thirty, and it, I it will be a tough oh, stomach. But you know what? I'll do it for you. You're the legend, the king, the goat, and we'll see you tonight. I'll be in the hot dog suit. I, I think you'll recognize me. It's on. Cool. All right. Joey, appreciate you so much for joining the show. An absolute blast. Have fun tonight. Uh, I didn't even ask you how your pitch is going to go. I hope you've practiced. If not, it's going to be iconic nonetheless. Uh, we look forward to seeing you down at the Rogers Center, and hopefully Jay's get you a win. Awesome. Take care, guys. I'll see you soon. I'm starstruck. That's Joey Chestnut. Number one ranked competitive eater in the world, 15-time Nathan's famous hot dog eating champion. You just said I have to go nine for nine with him, and I said yes. I feel like you're going to be eating hot dogs with Joey Chestnut I think I just tonight. blacked out. The thing that really took it over the top was that he's a Bills fan, too. Oh, my God. I just I fell off my chair, basically. This guy is an icon. He's the moment. And we're going to see him tonight, and I can't wait. So I have to eat nine <laughs> dogs. I got to go head-to-head with Joey Chestnut. I, whatever. Live a little. You know what? You're only young once. Your gut. I haven't practiced at all. He said liquid diet. I had already had breakfast this morning. It's 830. I've had two coffees and chia whatever, overnight chia seeds. I got to just starve myself. What am I doing? I wasn't even prepared, Justin. You're fine. Just don't eat for the rest of the day. Oh, and you're going now. shot for shot with Joey. Oh, I'm nervous, but I do it for the listeners. I do it, as you say, content play. Now it's become part of me. I like how he was like, <laughs> I, yeah, I've been scouting out all the hot dogs you have at Rogers. Yeah, like, he's looked at them all. Yeah, he's just like, I, he needs to know how many he's going to have and what, what type of hot dog he's going to have. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's not morbidly obese like i don't understand how that's even possible but uh if we could all just have the metabolism of one joey chestnut he's got high expectations for me and i have to deliver i can't let joey chestnut down no but it would would be like it would be a stretch to say that like you'd be hanging out for nine innings straight so what you got to do is get there five thirty be ready maybe have one in you one hot dog in so you're you know it's not like you're going in cold and then if you there's some overlap for the third, fourth inning, you house two with him or in his vicinity, and then maybe you go to your seat. I need him to respect me. I think he respects you. I didn't you. even get a seat. I just bought the outfield ticket, so I'm cruising around the porch. He might need a seat at some point. I'm going to need to sit on that loony dog teeter-totter and catch my breath. All right, well, boy, let's set the wake and rake up here. Let's do it. I got to pick something from the Jays game because that's all I'm going to be dialed into tonight. I think I should just go like straight win because I don't know how much of the action I'm going to be 
I'll be maybe sick to my stomach. I yeah, need you to might hear the horn to... at the end of the game to know if I won or not. <laughs> you might not be dialed into a single at bat. So just like <laughs> if you hear the horn, you know you're doing well. Uh, let's go Jay, uh, Jay's money lines minus 210. I'm going Jay's on the run line then. Live a little. Okay, Jay's on the Do run line. Joey. Do we have like a pitching matchup? Should we try to give it some It is Jose Barrios, Barrios, Barrios. I can't, I'm just, yeah. Jose. So Mike Clevenger. Oh, Clevenger. So you're, you're, on, uh, you're on Barrios then. Should I just go Barrios strikeouts actually? Brio's case? Uh, no. Jay's on the run line. I said it. Let's do it. What are you doing? Okay. Jay's run line. I'm going to lay the points with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they have the opportunity to dispatch the Minnesota Timberwolves. They did lose game four with the chance to sweep. The gentleman sweep is mm. on Denver rolls. They beat Minnesota handedly in game five, move on to the next round. They're looking like maybe the realist team, maybe the second realist behind Phoenix might be. Maybe in that conversation as well, but I like what I've seen from Denver. I think they absolutely cruise, cover nine and a half, and move on to the next round. Um, okay, so ten on the spread? Nine and a half. Okay, I see ten, but we'll do nine and a half. I love that. Love that for you, Justin. You find you find value. You find your points. A little half point is all the difference in the world. All right, let's read a couple here. Jason from Scarborough, looking forward to my first Looney Dog Day. Hell yeah. Um, parlay pick is Jay's over four and a half uh, total runs, team total White Sox been getting hammered. Joey, Jay's bats at home. <laughs> Jay's bats at home should see a number of hits. Also taking the over for you and Joey on the dogs. Oh, yeah. boy. Okay, morning, Ailish and Justin. I'm going Phoenix Suns over points, or to cover the spread, rather, 12 and a half. Series ends tonight. Courier, Chris, in Markham. Yeah, they're looking for the gentleman sweep as well. After dropping the first game, but Kawhi Leonard is AWOL, so mm. Phoenix looking good. Hey, it's Jason from Pickering. I like Minnesota trifecta tonight. Wild. Money line Timberwolves uh, to cover and the Twins in the money line. Ooh. Bonus pick LA Kings money line over Oilers. That's mono a mono with Jason from Pickering. Um, so this is no no pick or name, but do we bet a hundred dollars on the Lightning to win the series now? So it's a win win either way. Plus eleven hundred Lightning to win the series. I'm seeing it. So you would win on a hundred dollar bet. A thousand one hundred enough to buy a thousand dogs tonight. Good morning, Justin and Ailish. Duncan from Georgetown. Absolutely unreal comeback last night. The boys are buzzing. Can't wait for Thursday's game to close the gates. Today for my wake and rake, I'm taking Caroline in regulation to beat out the Islanders in the series at plus 100. And final one, Corey from Port Hope. Good morning. I just want to apologize for oh, letting no everyone worries. down with the anchor submission yesterday, which ruined the parlay. That's fine. It happens. Today I'm going to pay the juice and take the Texas Rangers money line for my wake and rake selection, minus 145. Let's quickly see who the Texas Rangers are dealing with. They're in the Cincinnati. With Martin Perez on the mound today. Justin, you pick, man. Okay, so you have... Jay's run line. Jay's run line. You got nuggets on the spread. We've got nuggets on the spread, so we're going to skip Jason for Pickering, unfortunately. Although the Wild are interesting tonight. Uh, Duncan from Georgetown likes Carolina. And Corey, who we went with yesterday, likes Texas Rangers on the money line. I think we should go with the Phoenix Suns also to get it done. A couple gentlemen so sweeps tonight. Some, yeah, let's close out some series tonight. How let's about close that? out some series in emphatic ways. Uh, both teams that are, you know, probably booking their tickets to do something else all summer long uh, in the basketball world with Minnesota and the Clippers about to roll over. So Phoenix and Denver get it done in big ways tonight. Cover the numbers. Gentlemen sweeps cashing parlays all right jay's on the run line over the white Sox on looney dogs evening denver nuggets minus nine and a half on the spread phoenix suns minus 12 and a half on the spread you parlay that together plus 654 a little chalky tonight from us that's okay <sighs> my mom just texted me are you crazy yep you've yeah you've definitely entered i have dug myself a hole that i will have to enter stage of craziness 
You were loopy this morning. Big Leafs victory, of course. Now you've transferred, crossed over into craziness. The only problem I'll say about this hot dog suit is it's itchy. It's made out of a type of material that I don't think is even recyclable. I think it's flammable. I think it... It's flammable? Oh, my... Have you... You bought it from me. It's dangerous. It's made out of... Straight, <laughs> burnable plastic. Don't get too close to the, what is the hot dog machine, the roller? Do they use rollers? Or they is use it rollers. Steam? What are they, steaming, rolling? They steam the rolled up dogs. Like, you pump them out real quick, they're not putting them over a campfire. Well, this isn't Muskoka. I'd be more involved if I could get a little char on the dog, I think. I think tonight's the first time we see the Looney Dog counter as well, because that's a new part of this entire evening. Well, it's going to be like, what, NASDAQ or the TSX, where <laughs> Joey Chestnut's going to be ringing the bell once you I hit a, so. a certain number. It's I mean, going to be, be a bit, full we've, shenanigans. We've been talking about, you know, sports at marketing. We got Lalonde on the panel. We got Chestnut on the opening night for Looney Dogs. I mean, we're hitting everything out of the park right now. And yet I had to make my own promo video. That's true. Not bitter. And you had to buy your own hot dog suit. You bought it for me. It was the best Christmas gift I've ever gotten. You're welcome. All right, folks. Big night tonight in, in Toronto sports lore. We start Looney Dogs March to victory. First pitch, 707. Barrios on the mound after Joey Chestnut on the mound. Just a beautiful night ahead. Wish me luck. I should be on the show tomorrow morning unless something happens and I'm in the hospital. All right. Go Jays go. We'll chat with you tomorrow.